Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter sits on the House Budget Committee as well as the Committee on Energy and Commerce. With record fuel prices and inflation out of control, we have the Congressman here to discuss. Congressman Buddy Carter, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thank you for having me. Congressman, the economy, the economy is being stressed in many ways right now and the likes we have, uh, which we have not seen in decades. How much of this has to do with the aftermath of the pandemic uh, from your opinion? Well, I think a lot of what is happening in the economy now, particularly with the inflation, is a result of uh, of the American Rescue Plan and the $2 trillion that was pumped into our economy when we really didn't need it. Look, I voted for some of the packages, for the CARES package and for PPP and uh, programs that I thought were necessary. And I do think that they were appropriate and that they helped. However, the problem we've got right now is we've got too many dollars chasing too few products. And it's resulting in this out-of-control inflation that we're experiencing, 8.6% last month. And it's a result of the American Rescue Plan that less than 9% of that plan, of that money, of that $2 trillion went to actually coronavirus, went to COVID. The rest of it were these pet projects. Congressman, another thing here, when it comes to uh, these record high gas prices, we're hearing that it's because of uh, Putin and, and the domestic drilling would not have an impact on uh, the price of fuel. Uh, what is your take? You know, that's just to try to deflect blame. I mean, Joe Biden and this administration, they want to blame Putin. They want to blame COVID. Uh, they want to blame everything except for what is actually the cause. And that is the policies of this administration. Day one of the Biden administration, he declared war on fossil fuels. He, de he, he discontinued the Keystone XL pipeline, doing away with tens of thousands of jobs. And and not only that, but sending a clear message to the gas and oil industry that they were not going to invest in energy infrastructure. You know, energy works on a futures market. And if oil and gas companies see that this administration is not going to invest in energy infrastructure, then they're not going to invest. And that has resulted in us going from being not only energy independent, but energy dominant to now having to, to go to, to other countries, begging them to increase their production of oil so that we can buy foreign oil. It is simply ridiculous. This, what has happened with the price of gas, what has happened with energy in our country is a result of the policies of the Biden administration, not of Putin invading Ukraine, not of COVID, but the policies of this administration. Switching gears to the Supreme Court, uh, more and more violent attacks on pro-life centers are starting to emerge. I think it's up to 56 attacks since the draft opinion uh, was leaked. Uh, is enough being done, in your opinion, to bring down the temperature uh, ahead of the official ruling? I don't think it is. Um, you know, the speaker just embarrassingly has said that this is not a, a, a big problem. Well, it is a big problem. If you're um, um, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh or his family, you dang gum right, it's a big problem. And we cannot have Supreme Court justices making rulings based on intimidation and fear. 
That is not the way that this can work. We all recognize that. I'm proud of the legislation that we passed in the House, and I voted for it to offer security to our Supreme Court justices. But what's happening at these at these pro-life centers and these family life centers, that cannot be tolerated. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they just want to brush it off as being, oh, we don't need to worry about that. We do need to worry about that. We are on the brink here of overturning one of the two worst decisions I think have ever been made by the Supreme Court justice, that being Roe versus Wade. The other one, of course, was taking prayer out of schools, out of public schools. But we're on the verge right now on the brink of overturning Roe versus Wade. And what do we see? But these attacks on these family life centers, and that needs to stop and the speaker needs to take it seriously. It is an embarrassment to this country, to her party, and to her personally, that she is not taking it seriously. Congressman, on a lighter note, uh, Father's Day weekend is uh, is here. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. And uh, are you going to be spending the day with the grandkids? I, I am. Some of them are in town, others are not. But I can assure you that FaceTime is a great thing, and we will be FaceTiming them. And, and if I could just add, this will be my first Father's Day without my dad. He passed last July 25th. And... Um, I'm going to miss him uh, on this Father's Day, but he's with me every day. So sorry for your loss. I hope it's a, uh, a good one for you this, uh, this coming one here. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Congressman Buddy Carter. Thank you. Father's Day is this Sunday, June 19th. President Biden today issued a proclamation commemorating the holiday. He wrote of treating all people with dignity, remembering the fathers we have lost, and how there is no higher calling than being a parent. The proclamation also talked about his administration's efforts to make communities safer so that all fathers can raise their children in flourishing neighborhoods. And with Father's Day approaching, we have host of Dad Talk Today, Eric Carroll, here to join us. Eric Carroll, host of Dad Talk, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. Eric, if you could, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you guys are doing, what your program is all about there at uh, Dad Talk. So Dad Talk is a program that uh, really focuses on men's issues, especially when it comes to divorce and like the unequal uh, custody laws. Uh, but we speak about many different things. Um, we've traveled the country. Uh, last year, we went to 43 different states, going to capitals, conferences, uh, you name it, trying to get out the message of uh, fatherhood anywhere that we can. Uh, the fatherless rate right now is very alarming, and you're starting to see so many things. I mean, even the school shootings, teen pregnancies, juvenile rates, every bit of that kind of ties back to fatherlessness. It's one of the biggest common denominators that we're seeing. So we're in the fight trying to promote the nuclear family and get those traditional family values back in the home. You mentioned uh, an interesting point there. It's it's something that we don't really talk about too much, but uh, there is somewhat of a war on dads um, throughout the country. Tell us about this a little bit. You know, it's hard. Uh, it can, statistics can be all over the place. The national average last time I looked was 82.5% of the time that dads are fighting for custody of their children. They're losing. 
in states like Texas is around 90 percent. Uh, family court is a $60 billion a year industry, and it didn't get that way because dads aren't fighting trying to be in their kids' lives. However, you see many different people talking about the fatherless issue, but maybe not so much what's causing it. Why do we have a fatherless issue? Um, I believe society has really marginalized men. I mean, the Johnny Depp case that just happened was on the screen for everybody to see. It should have never gotten to the point that it did, but it did. Um, I'm hoping that that's going to help raise awareness. Uh, if you want to see fathers back in the home, we need to start getting some of these incentives out uh, that's in law currently. Eric, what are some of the untold stories that you may come across or challenges that you see that fathers are facing throughout the country? I mean, I have one current case that will blow people's minds. There is a father right now that is fighting to see a son that's been told he's got two to four weeks left to live from cancer. Uh, the dad is being told that he can't be with his child during that time because it falls under mom's vacation time uh, with custody. This is one of the things that you shouldn't even have to have the courts involved. But unfortunately, because he has to get every little thing approved, um, that's what's going on. I mean, several different things over the past year where some of these guys are getting killed when they show uh, show up to pick up their kids. Not just guys, though. There's mothers that are getting shot, too. And I believe that stems from the conflict that's arising in the family courts. And it's really starting to clash. These stories, uh, to be honest with you, Steve, are just completely endless uh, it just happens more and more. The courts do not profit if they decrease conflict. In order to increase con uh, profits, they have to have that conflict. And what better way than two people that once loved each other, now they don't want to be together anymore. We already know they're experiencing conflict. But let's take them right there in the middle of that situation and put them in this courtroom fussing over who's going to get the house, who's going to get the car, who's going to get the dog. And it seems like almost every time the child gets caught in the middle. Um, I believe if one, I would like to see the divorce rate completely go down and the nuclear family start to stick together. But if there is going to be such a thing as family court and divorce, let's do something that we can to kind of decrease that conflict because it's really starting to cause a lot of problems. Eric, with uh, Father's Day upon us on a personal level, what does Father's Day mean to you? And what do you think is important to reflect upon on, on Father's Day? You know, Steve, uh, being a dad is the most important thing that I've ever done. It helped me mature in many ways. I was still a kid when I first became a father, and I made many mistakes along the way. But there is no prouder thing than I've ever been in this life than a father. Uh, speaking to the hundreds of thousands of fathers that reach out to the program, and seeing the obstacles that they're going through. Uh, Father's Day is a proud moment, and it's also a very sad moment because I'll probably be spending it on the screen with many guys that would love nothing more than to be with their children, and they don't get the opportunity. Uh, if we can't stand for this, if we can't change that, I don't know what we can stand for. If we do not have strong families in this country, we'll never have a strong country. And I think a lot of people have lost focus on that. Eric Carl, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, happy Father's Day to you. You too, Steve. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.